Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to the What in the Word podcast, where each episode is designed to help you develop a deeper relationship with Christ as you navigate culture from a biblical worldview. My name is Sean, and this is my brother, Jay Baker, the one and only Jay Baker. And today we are going to be talking about the church during this pandemic. The question is, should we meet or should we not meet? We know that uh, culture and even the church are arguing over should we meet, should we not meet? Um, Should the government be able to mandate whether we meet or not? And so I just want to throw my, 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 my little two cents out there is, listen, we're going to approach this episode with love. That yeah. I don't think that my way is necessarily right and your way is necessarily wrong. I'm going to get my perspective and we're going to meet with love somehow, some way. Unless you come at me in the DMs or come at me in the in the, in, in the chat below, then I might have to take the gloves off. But nah, seriously, this is a really big debate in our culture, in the church. And so uh, we just want to talk about it today. And so, Jay, what is your perspective, man? What, how, how do you see things unfolding with all this craziness about how we're dividing, the church is dividing over whether we should meet or not? Um, I think just going back to how you began uh, this episode where you're talking about we're going to just use love to even kind of dig into this topic. I think a lot of people are not... Uh, operating in their love walk when it comes to trying to uh, communicate uh, whether you should or you should not meet. Um, I think people are using fear. Mm. Um, They're using fear. Some people are saying uh, you're not uh, you're not trusting God. You operating in fear. And then, you know, the the main scripture that people want to throw out there is God did not give us a spirit of fear, but mm. of power, love, and a sound mind, mm. and all of these different things. Mm. And and before I before I even jump into all of that, I would say first, and this goes for leaders and even people that are just part of congregations, and you you don't know what to do yourselves. Um, I would say it's very important that right now we consider how every decision we makes that we make affects not only the rest of the congregation, but it affects our families. Mm. And so it's, a, it's something that you just can't move past. You can't just say, well, I think we ought to just move forward with it. Um, and God is going to protect us and God is going to do all of this. I, I don't think we could just, just say that without even considering how that's going to affect other believers and even affect our family members. Um, whether, no matter where you stand on the side of the fence, whether you're someone that you you uh, you consider yourself to have this strong faith and nothing can hurt you and all of that. Okay, I I I, I get it. If that's where you feel that you are, and and, and I want to pull a little bit out of uh, you know some a little bit of Paul to kind of discuss some of those things here in a little bit. Um, but just consider other people that you have in your life, whether they're your church family or even your, your other people in your household. If you have people in your household that are, that are not willing to make that step because that's not where they are, 
uh, or whether they've looked at, at some of the evidence and some of the research and they said, no, nah, we're going to we're going to stay this way. You have to keep that in mind. You can't just make a decision based off of what you want and you saying that uh, God is going to take care of us, because here's the thing with that. Uh, and, and I'm starting to get ahead of myself, so I'm going to just leave it at that for right now. OK, OK, OK. Well, <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. And, you know, there's various things that weigh in on how we proceed as churches moving forward. Um, I think one of the big things is that people are afraid, which what I'm hearing is people are afraid of losing certain liberties uh, and thinking, uh, and, and, and this is just a fundamental mistrust of the government. Like saying, hey, if they can just, if they can just bring a virus in, this is, this is what I'm hearing. Like some people don't even believe that the virus is real. Like let's just put that out there. Some people don't believe it's real. They believe it's a hoax. They believe that it's being just uh, dramatized. Uh, and so what I want to do from my perspective is to look at just kind of the way that some people are uh, painting the light of what's happening. And so some people are saying basically that it's not real. The government is just trying to steal our religious liberties. And if they can say we can't meet, how come we can go to the mall? How come we can go to the grocery store? How come we can go to these other places and not be able to go to church. Well, from the research that I've done and being a lead pastor of a church that is now meeting virtually online, let me say that first. Yeah. I'm gonna put a lot of links in the descriptions. You can check them out for yourself. Uh, but if you believe the World Health Organization, if you believe the CDC, uh, there are evidence and peer-reviewed evidence <laughs> that shows that the disease spreads when people aren't socially distanced. It spreads at a rapid rate. And church services are super spreaders. I believe it was the Church of God in Christ, which is the biggest African-American Pentecostal denomination. Uh, they lost 30 bishops as of April 19th. 30 bishops, that's leadership, high leadership. They lost 30 of their prominent bishops who died because of coronavirus. Uh, and we've all, and I'm not casting any judgment on Church of God and Christ. Or like, I, don't, I think it happened so early, it started happening earlier in the thing. But we know that these are emotive churches. They sing loudly. They do these things. And these are some of the behaviors that are dangerous because as we sing, we spread particles further than six feet. Like, and as we congregate in congregations, we hug each other. We pass, we pass blessings. We do all this stuff. Preach up there hooping and hollering and shouting. Ah, I'm a shouting preacher. I walk the aisles. And so if I'm in an environment where I'm doing that, I am putting more people in danger because we're indoors and this high in light of that other research shows that is less problematic when people are outdoors from contracting the disease. And so because of this, uh, I see an alternative and some churches are doing this is having outdoor services and no one's contracting the diseases in those type of environments, but indoors in the AC, uh, 
Vox News, I believe it was, Vox or somebody, they put out a video where they showed some of the early cases where people caught it in a restaurant uh, and the people who are in a certain flow of an of a AC duct from the first person who contracted it all contracted it. Families and everybody contracted it. Our church is a giant AC duct. <laughs> Just, yeah. Yes, it is. It's a big <laughs> AC vents to go through the entire building. They're not that high, high off the ceiling. And we really don't have a lot of space. We're a smaller church. The auditorium can fit. The fire The fire marshal says we can fit 20, 220 people inside our building. I, 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 I think the fire marshal tripping. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's say we can fit 150 or 175 inside our building, right? Yeah. Guidelines show us if we try to maintain social distancing, we can we can't the way our building's configured, we can't get that many people in there in the first place. Then we have to do contact tracing. Then we couldn't have children's church because the children's church rooms are smaller. We can't social distance the kids and the toddlers and that kind of stuff. And so for us, it just becomes this logistical nightmare of trying to do the things that we do and singing what I mean, we wouldn't be able to sing. We would, And so the service is not the same anyway. We wouldn't be able to promote or produce uh, the same type of environment that people have come accustomed to in our churches. Uh, however, we do have the option of meeting in smaller groups, which yeah. will allow people to meet in smaller groups, to social distance, to wear masks, to meet outside, to do anything that they feel comfortable with. And so for me, I just went around Robinson Barnes, Robin Hood's barn to say, um, meeting in an environment that might not be what we're used to, but I think that we're living in a time that's not what we're used to, and we need to be able to adjust. I think the first century church adjusted, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and so I don't think that it's such a cut and dry case of quoting scriptures to say, this scripture says this, and this scripture says that, and this is what we should do. And I know Jay has a scripture right now that he wants to point. I can see the way he's looking at his Bible. <laughs> Jay, tell well, me what the Bible say, bro. <laughs> well, so like you have some people here, right, that will say that, you know, I mentioned it earlier about how God is going to protect us and you just need to do that. Uh, but there's a difference just looking and glancing at my notes. There's a difference between God sending or asking us to do something and us just wanting to do things because we don't want to be known for operating out of fear. There's a difference between the two. Uh, and, and here's the key thing. Uh, I think Jesus's time in the wilderness with the enemy kind of shot, shine some light on some things. Okay. Uh, I don't, I, I think we got to be very careful uh, not to, uh, not to test the Lord. Right. He says, so the enemy tells him, so this is Matthew chapter four, and I'm just going to start reading at verse five. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off for the scripture says he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands. So you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded. The scriptures also say you must not uh, test the Lord your God. And, and the reason why that's something that, that that's been kind of coming up in my mind is because a lot of people will try to use fear as a way to motivate motivate people into going into church and, and don't worry about the coronavirus and all of that. You just need to go in there and 
I get it. I, I get it. You want to motivate people. I get it. You want to show people that God is able to cover us in all situations. And I get it because God is able to, 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 to do those things. But I see a few different problems and I don't want to be too long winded, but I just want to kind of share really quickly some of the problems that I see with, uh, with that, that line of thinking first, yeah. Uh, it says that these individuals, they possess some type of secret knowledge that other students of Jesus do not possess. Yes. This is what I mean by that, that you're saying that God said he didn't give us a spirit of fear in his, in, in, in the word. And you ought to just go, well, if that's the, if that's the route that God wants his people to take, why is he not speaking that to everybody? Why aren't we all on the same page? And so that's one of the problems I see. Uh, you, you, you must then, when you, you come to that line of reason, you must uh, then begin to answer to everybody, what is the foundation for you making such a statement as that? Right. You can't just say uh, that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, and so that's it. So what's the foundation of that? Where, where, where can you, where did you place your anchor besides throwing out a scripture about fear? What is the foundation for making such statements? It can't be, <laughs> it can't be just you grabbing random scripture and, you know, right. you know, it, it has to be more than that because, uh, really in all honesty, that's taking that scripture out of Way context. Out of context. <laughs> Way out of context. Yeah. <laughs> that scripture has nothing to do it's not even close to that. And so that's one of the problems. And then the second thing is it doesn't answer how you know that we should be in our buildings, right? right? You taking it out of context by throwing that scripture out there, but how do you know that God is saying that we ought to be in our building? That's the first problem. The second problem is this, that from the early following of Jesus, right? Earlier followers, it has never been about buildings. That's the, I mean, that's the second thing. It has never been about buildings, right? Whether, whether they were constantly traveling around with Jesus from town to town and village to village, whatever it was, whether they were meeting in different homes, it was never about a building in the first place. So people are so consumed with worrying about being in a building. I got to go here. That's the only time I feel comfortable. We need to get back in there. And I get it. It's, it's, it's that whole, uh, I guess you, it's that cabin cabin fever thing yeah. where it's just like, I'm so tired of being isolated away from everybody else. But think about the first century students, man. They, they, wherever Jesus led and wherever there was an opportunity to share the gospel, the good news about him, that's where they went. Right. And so we have to adopt that type of thinking uh, with ourselves. And then there's a third problem. A third problem is that it shows our lack of understanding of the concept of worship. And we have to ask ourselves, what is our concept of worship? Mm. Uh, another way we could ask the question would be, as uh, Steve Wilkins reminded us, he says, uh, what is worship uh, in our relationship to our understanding of? of God. One place in scriptures that, that kind of assist us with that. If you go to John chapter four, right. Where 
the woman at the well is having this dialogue with Jesus. And she was like, you Jews say that you, we ought to worship in Jerusalem. And she mm -hmm. said, and my ancestors say that we ought to be worshiping here. Right. And Jesus is, 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 is trying to get an understand. There's going to, there's a coming a time. And really that time is right now where God is looking for people uh, to worship in spirit and in truth. So uh, where to worship was uh, where to worship wasn't as important as how Ooh. to worship. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, I think that's where we lose it a lot of times. We, we, we're so caught up on where we ought to worship, but is there a true and authentic worship when we're worshiping the one true living God in the first place? That's good stuff, bro. And I, I, I want me a piece of this too. Um, <laughs> Go on, get you some, get you some. <laughs> and so people will often, like you said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind, self-control, basically. Yeah. Which people who are usually quoting that are not quoting it in. But anyway, that's another topic yeah. <laughs> for another day. Uh, but the challenge is they're taking it out of context. And to say that, so what we need to try in, when we talk the theology and we talk theologically, we need to try and narrow down our arguments into principles that yes, sir. transcend throughout the entire Bible, right? And so if we would say that Paul would not be scared. And Paul was the one who wrote that to Timothy, right? God's not giving a spirit of fear in first Timothy. Uh, yeah. Second Timothy one seven, right? Yeah. Uh, why did Paul in acts nine 25, when they were trying to kill him, he was lowered down in a basket by night to escape. Yeah. Now, if he just, oh, God, hey. there were people like that's, that would be reckless of Paul knowing or Saul at the time, knowing mm -hmm. that he had this, this call on his life <laughs> to just show up at the city gate. Like y'all been looking for me. God ain't gave me no spirit. I ain't going to run like no punk. No, he didn't do yeah. that. <laughs> he did not do that. Yeah. He didn't get nowhere near doing that. Like he knew the power of God, but there was an adversary that could have physically killed him. We're talking about right now, whether you believe in this pandemic or not, there are people dying. There are people who actually have been a part of our church and would have been attending our church had we been open that could have spread that to someone else. Yes, sir. Here's the thing that people aren't considering. And so I'm asking people, pray for your pastor. Pray for your pastor. Right. Most definitely. Because this is not a thing of fear. This is a thing of caution and concern. There's a huge difference because I've heard stories of pastors who have opened up their church prematurely. Members of their church have died of COVID, whether you believe in COVID or not. The members <laughs> of their church died of something that looked like COVID. That same pastor had to bury that person. Yeah. Not based on what God said, but what the pastor said how the pastor interpreted scripture to say, well, we, we shouldn't forsake the assembling of the brothers and we just need to come together and the government ain't going to do this. And then you have to bury that person, that person who's looking to you and listening to you for guidance. Think yes, about sir. that for a second. Most of the people who are out here shouting and hollering don't have people's lives in their hands. <laughs> yes, people's sir. livelihoods in their hands. Here's another thing. I hate the way 
that it's being reported that these things, I mean, that this disease only kills 1% of the people who contract it. If we're just looking at mortality as a delineated form, how many people have been in the hospital for four months fighting for their life on respirators? How many people have gotten out of the hospital? And this ain't just kind of, well, like someone asked, I had somebody ask me, how many people do I physically know? And this was early on. And I told them how many people I know. They were like, wow. Like they just stopped the conversation. They also asked me, well, don't most of the people recover? And I physically know people who have recovered four months after being in ICU, who now on a feeding tube and have been back to the hospital three times for blood infections, all related to this disease. And so to tell me that that quality of life. And so if we're just measuring people who die. Why are we measuring people who actually get sick and actually get ill? Yeah, they recover, but a lot of these people aren't recovering the same. People are having migraines now. People are having fatigue. I know another person in who like can't walk to the end of the block without getting tired. Like these are things and we don't know the long-term effects on people's bodies. And so from the perspective of people who are being cautious and people who have people's lives in their hand, a lot of the people that I'm talking to are talking about it from a perspective of this is the way I'm loving my neighbor. I'm not leading my neighbor into something that could be detrimental or harmful to them because of my faith. Yes, sir. I think there's a scripture that talks about that too. I, I, don't, oh. know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think there's. I think there's scripture that talks about that where I oh. have liberty, right? Oh. Should I put my liberty? Should 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 I cause my liberty to cause somebody else? Like Jay said earlier, that has a weaker faith to try to muster up maybe somebody who mm -hmm. has an underlying health issue, maybe. So then yeah. I, I can just go to church and then they end up dying because we were so strong in the faith. And so we're not looking at it from a perspective of 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 other people. We're looking at it from ourselves, what I can do. If you're that big and bad and you just know about what God needs you to do, how about you worship God in your living room? How about you have house church? At because Showtime. I know people around the world. I know people actually were classmates with people who will be in certain people groups around the world who decide to open up a church in their in, in, in their uh, living room and face persecution. And they ain't got no building to go to. They got their living room which usually their family members and maybe one other person in the community. Like Jay said, it's never been about a building. Buildings yes, are a luxury. Sir. Buildings are fun to have. I love the good music. <laughs> I'd rather hear that than some of the people in my house sing. I got some singers in my house, but some of the people in my house can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't calling no names. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> uh, but you, you, you really talked about something. So let's go back to the weak and the strong person, right? And you, you look at Paul really digging into a lot of that in the book of Romans, right? Romans 14 and 15, where the a lot of the, the context there is dealing with food sacrifice to idols and different things like that. But you, if you pay attention, and I've been kind of meditating on that recently, uh, you know, you said something about loving on your neighbor and just thinking about other people just in general. And when I pull a lot of some of these principles from here is you can constantly see a repeated theme in, in a lot that Paul writes where it's all about the other, the other person mm -hmm. or 
your brother or your sister. And that's something that we have to keep in mind. Look, how, am, how can I say that I love my brother or my sister when I want to criticize them because I want to do something and they are not sure if that's the direction that we ought to be going, mm. right? It's not for me to criticize the person, whether like Paul, he said, well, some people think that they shouldn't eat certain foods because they think they're sacrificing that to an idol. And Paul was like, you know, even though I know that uh, uh, those idols are really not gods, but they're demons. He's like, uh, for the sake of my brother and my sister, I'm just not going to eat it, mm. at least not in their presence. And some people are not willing to uh, humble themselves in that type of way. But, but we have to take into consideration everybody that's in our circle of influence and even people that we come in contact with. If my brother and sister them are like, hey, man, we, 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 we're social distancing and we're worried about this COVID thing and we're just going to be cautious. It's not about fear. It's, sometimes it's just about being cautious. Then you ought to be willing to say, hey, uh, we just going to continue to build our relationship from a distance. And even if we are near each other, we're going to have a mask or whatever way we need to do it. Then you're going to be around some other people uh, that you know that are more uh, lenient, right? They, they don't, they're not so as concerned now, your interaction with that person when other people aren't around, that's between y'all. Yep. But you can't force other people to, to, to buy into what you're saying just because you think that there's nothing that can happen to you because you are God's child. Yep. But here's the thing with that line of thinking. there <laughs> Nobody in the history of mankind has ever been just fully protected from anything. All God's people haven't just been fully protected, no matter what the pandemic or disease or whatever has spread at a particular time uh, in history. So you can't just say, well, I just know God is going to, uh, I, I get it. We want to sound super spiritual to other people, but if we, if we really want to be spiritual, we ought to take in consideration our brother and our sister that are, not wanting to participate in yep. certain things. And if your focus, and I, I, and I, ha I hate to say this, but I'm going to, I'm going to be, uh, I have to say it. I'm going to be real right now. Please be if real. Your brother. Focus, <laughs> if your focus is on just a building, then you're, 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 you're out of focus. You're mm. missing the mark. Mm. Uh, there's nothing wrong with going to a building, but if that's your only focus, if that's the only way you can worship, if that's the only way you can get you some word, if that's your only way you feel comfortable, then you really need to consider who you following. Because when Jesus says, follow me and I'm going to make you become two things are, are, are apparent. And God showed me this a while back. First thing is you don't know where you going. Mm -mm. That's the, when you, when you decide to follow him, you don't know where you're going. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is you don't know how the road is going to be to get to the destination that he's taking you. So you're going to have to trust him knowing that he knows where you're going and he knows what it's going to look like when you turn that corner. Is it going to be uphill climb for the next six months? Uh, is it going to be just smooth sailing? Is it going to be a bumpy road? Is it going to be thunderstorms uh, for the next six weeks? You don't know what's going to, be around the corner. But what right. you do know is he knows it. And when he says something has to stop, it has to stop. So we just got to trust him, even if we have to do it by social distancing or if we got to do it um, 
uh, via online Zoom and all these other different platforms. Yep, because God was sovereign and God knows. Like, think about this happened in 1918, y'all. We act like this ain't never happened before in the history of the planet and churches yeah. decided not to meet back then and they had arguments as it, as it began to get longer and 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 a lot of stuff began to happen um and some churches want to go back and break solidarity but they ended up sticking it out like i i i'll say this i'll say this because it makes it say it makes it feel like i'm skewed towards one way or the other like i i i know that i know of some churches that are meeting and i don't begrudge them for meeting like some churches are meeting outside some churches are meeting indoors and i i'm just looking at them like I just pray for those churches that don't anybody else get sick. Like, that's yeah. my thing. Like, I, I look at that brother and say, they have a different opinion than me. And I don't sit there and go, they make me look bad because I, we're not meeting. And th th no, no, because at the end of the day, we want God to be glorified. And we don't want people to uh, look at the church as a divisive place. But I'm just telling y'all for Sean Weekly. I don't want Fox News Austin to be knocking on our door at our church I'm like, hey, you just one of those churches that's a super spreader. We heard about y'all. Y'all got 20 people sick and 10 of them died. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not so, not, not just so we can sing together. That doesn't mean that we don't love one another. That doesn't mean that we don't, we, we don't fellowship uh, via this vehicle right here. Uh, I think, I, I, I honestly think a lot of believers think when they go to church that Jesus sat in pews and Jesus had a pulpit up front and they took communion. Like we take communion and they, they, yeah. they, they, they had three songs and the preach word, like the church has historically become what it needed to become where it was basically. And first century church would have probably looked more like people meeting in a home and chanting uh, prayers from the from the law and the prophets, and then one person stood up and maybe explained from the law and the prophets. It wasn't a charismatic leader standing up front and giving you three points, and this is what you need to do with your life, and and here's the thing, and stop at the bookstore on the way out. No, it was people coming together, <laughs> reading the yeah. scripture together, uh, expounding on the scripture, singing some psalms and some hymns. They weren't singing the latest CCM song or the latest gospel song. They were singing yeah. straight out the psalms. Uh, and so church has just been what it has to be and circumstances and situations hasn't stopped that. And we can even think about the persecuted church and even the persecuted church right now, they meeting in caves and stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. ain't no building, ain't no building. And man, you, you think about, uh, like people that are willing, um, that are willing to say, man, we just got to do whatever we got to do. If, if we just got to invite people over to the house. Um, I don't know if you remember, I told you the story about uh, uh, Dr. Daniel Napier, how um, he, he tells the story about how at his church, he he had, was the new pastor there. Oh, yeah, and you told me. yeah. He, he wanted to start a, like a little workout day want to get some weights brought up to the church on a Wednesday and just let the men come in and uh, they just work out and share some word and fellowship. And, you know, people were very contemporary with the idea of, man, no, nah, that's not what you do at church. And so he just started a little small group at the house where he invited some of the men to come over. And the next thing he knew, man, like they would, 
they would uh, work out, they would uh, share the word and talk during that time, but then they would do a meal together afterward and sit and talk for hours after that. And it became a regular thing. And they, they began to have more people at his house on Wednesday than they had on Sunday morning. Wow. And like, it was like, man, and it's, it's sometimes it's just going back to the basics. Me and you've talked about this many times. And even with the series that you were just doing, uh, was pointing people back to some of those basic things. Sometimes we just go back to the basics of just being willing to invite people into our lives uh, for people to come by and see that, uh, well, my house is not clean all the time. You just show, come on over. I didn't clean up. It's not spick and span right now. Come on over, hang out with me. Uh, let's talk about the word. Uh, what, what what do we need to pray about right now? How can I direct and guide your life right now? You, 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 you're willing to allow me to lead. How can I guide and direct your life right now? What are some of the issues that you have? And just inviting people into your space um, is totally different. Now, I'm, that's not to say you can't invite people into your space at the building. Yes, that's what we do. Yeah. But it's a little more intimate when you start to invite people into your environment and uh, they really get to see how you live, how you treat your kids, how you treat wow. your spouse and all of those different things. And they, and they can say, okay, this is somebody that I can really learn from. That's something, man. I really believe in this time, people aren't listening to others, right? Uh, I believe that people are saying, I think we're, I think we're, we're parroting what the news media is saying, depending on what, if they're left or right, we're parroting what they say. Like, we ain't got to be scared. And so wh when did I ever say I was scared? Mm -hmm. Like, literally, when I say I'm scared. Here's, here's an example, Jay. When you have the flu, say, they say the coronavirus is, 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 is just like the flu, right? Some people say it's more deadly than the flu. Again, we won't even get into the arguments of that. But when you have the flu, do you go to church? No. Because you say, what? I don't want to spread it to someone else, right? Mm -hmm. Um, when you have the flu and you have to leave the house, some people wear masks. They because we're learning that this thing is a super spreader and people mm -hmm. can have it and not know it, and that's the bigger thing. And so my thing is, this is more of a thing of respect for other people, just in case. Think about it like this: I'm a lead pastor, and if I say, "Man, I ain't gonna worry about that. I'm just gonna go to the hospital. I'm gonna pray for people, and I'm gonna go over here, and I'm gonna do this." and I'm going to do that, I have the greatest chance of being a super spreader. Here in Texas, one church, the pastor said, you know what, it's okay to start hugging again. Even though the CDC said six feet, families this, this, this. They said, you can start hugging again. 50 people in this small church got infected. If 1% dies, maybe nobody in that church dies, but maybe one person in that church dies from the 50, 50 people, right? So if 100 people got it, one person gonna die to 100 people, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is, is that's how easy it is. And if we're family and we love one another, why would I put you in position to get sick? Even if it might not ever happen. And so here's the thing how the statistics get skewed. People will say, well, you have a 99.9% .9 chance of not dying. And what they do is they'll take the total population, not the population of people who got infected, but the total population. And they'll say the number of people who died based on the total population 
and not based on the amount of people who got sick. Yeah. And so why, who, who does statistics like that? Like this amount of people die in car crashes, but I ain't never rode in a car, so I ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. you don't, you just don't do that. And so there's a lot of misinformation out there. And there's a lot of people who are to get their religious or their faithful con. It's virtual signaling is basically what it is. It's saying that I'm a better Christian than you if I do one or the other. And mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm being honest. So if I wear masks and I social distance, I'm a better Christian than you because you're reckless, right? And then the other mm -hmm. people, well, if you don't wear, if you don't just go out there and do what you got to do, then you ain't got as much faith as I do. And it's like, yes, why sir. are we even arguing over this? Like literally, let the churches who aren't meeting, not meet. <laughs> and let the churches who are meeting, meet right pray for those who are meeting pray for those who aren't meeting right yes, if sir. you have if you have more faith than me pray for my faith brother help me like help explain to me why i should be meeting and if i if i can't hear you then pray for me because if it's not sending to death pray for me that's what the scripture says and so how can we live biblically how can we be christians about this but we're so divided i don't want to jump topics but it's become so politicized it's it's politics now it's basically politics. What does your political party say? I don't even care about Jesus no more. What does your political party say? That's what we're going to do. That's scary. Yeah, it is. And that, you know what else, what else is scary is you think about... you. So the sermon that I did on Sunday, you heard me say about how the church is mocked and we deserve it, right? Because <laughs> we look a lot like the world. And on certain issues like this, we're looking like the world. We're, uh, man, that was a great analogy that you just used. And, and I like how you gave both sides of the perspective. One person saying, uh, I'm, I'm protecting myself. I'm social distancing. You're not, you're reckless, right? The other person is like, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And that is not something that we are to worry ourselves with as believers, right? It, here's the thing, and I'm just going to go back to what you said earlier, man. What are we doing in our love walk, man? Mm. It, it, I, that's, that's one of the things that, that really trips me out uh, today. And, and really, to tell you the truth, I'm going to be honest. I really do believe that our nation, and not just the United States, but even just uh, uh, the West in general, we're in trouble because we've moved so far away from living a, a, a biblical life mm. uh, and having Christ at the center of things that uh, we fight and over issues like that. We're still going crazy behind uh, politics and different things like that. We don't know how to talk with one another without getting to these major arguments and, and falling out with one another. And it's, it's, it's not good that we can't even come to some type of common ground on whether we ought to meet or not meet. And, <laughs> and, we, and when we can't come to some type of common ground and we're supposed to be uh, the light of the world, I mm. mean, the, the world is supposed to look to us because we're looking to the one true living God. And if we can't even be on the same page about right. certain things, how can we expect the world to want to have anything to do with Jesus and his students are fighting with one another. Right, right. Uh, when you were saying that, I, I thought about uh, 1 Corinthians 8. I couldn't find out where it was. I had to, I had to cheat. 
<laughs> right. We were talking about you were talking about earlier the the the, the food with idols, right? Um, mm -hmm. He says, uh, it ate one. It says, now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Yes, and so sir. I think a lot of us, we're puffed up with the knowledge that we think we have. Wow, man, I, I read this. I read this. And it's obvious, bro. And this is not just on church openings. Like, I, I've moved from church opening to kind of the principle behind it. But yeah. Uh, a lot of it is obvious that a lot of us didn't pay, like either we didn't go to a college where they made us cite sources. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. if a meme is your source, come on, bro. Like really, yeah. a meme? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you said, nothing peer reviewed. Wikipedia, yeah. like website is like, who, who made, my cousin made that website. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not just old 1980 website, conspiracy theorist website. And so we're, we we don't cite sources and, and so we feel like you were saying it earlier. I feel enlightened because I know something more than my brother and it mm -hmm. puffs us up. And he says that in contradiction to um, love building us up. And so yes, sir. what happens when I'm puffed up? I tear people down, right? Like, because I'm better than you, I put you down, right? Instead of let's build together, let's grow together, let's love together, right? Let's show the world that Christians are unified, whether we have differences of opinions or not. Not that we're fighting and uh, bickering and backbiting and and questioning other people's salvation. Even like I've seen people go as far yeah. as even questioning people's salvation over yes, sir. this is what I'm doing and this is what you're doing. It's like, come on, bro. Let's build one another up. Let's 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 seek to win together. Because at the end of the day, God needs to be glorified. God needs to be glorified. And so we need to we need to really seek that love for our fellow brothers when we're making these decisions, whether to or not. One one member of our church, I won't call no names, but they come from a culture. Their culture is just to think about like like to kind of and they reached out to us even before we decided to not kind of meet on Sundays. And they were like, man, respectfully, my family ain't going to be there for a while until we can get a better understanding of what's going on. We're just going to be cautious and this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, you and everybody else, because we just decided 15 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the way yes, that he sir. approached it, it was with such humility. It was yes, such kind of uh, uh, not me first. You know what I mean? Um, and so that was that that was really um that was good to hear that there are people out there who understood. And there's other people who I've seen, I will call their names either, but they're like, Hey, I want to go out and fellowship. And so they're, they posted, basically they were at another church just until our church opens back up. They want to sing it in a fellowship and that kind of stuff. And I'm not going to begrudge them. Right. There's mm -hmm. small group leaders who want to say, Hey, can we meet via zoom? And there's others that are saying, Hey, we want to meet in, is it okay? And I'm like, yeah, as long as you don't have like 300 people, like as long as you don't violate the CDC guidelines in your home, I'm yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they say, like, cause literally it's groups over 25. Right. And so like, I, yeah. I don't think you have 25 ain't a small group no more. Right. And so yeah. like, it's like, yeah, like I'm not trying to control your behaviors. I'm not going to try to control what you're going to do. I'm just saying, as far as the building, we won't be there on Sunday mornings because it's, uh, it'll be hard for us to both obey the, the government 
which I understand when people say, well, God's law supersedes the government. I don't think the government's overreaching at this point because we talked about it uh, off camera, but autonomy versus freedoms, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think the government's overreaching right now to try to get something under control. And I will say this too, man, I'm rambling right now, but I will say this too. I think that in the United States, this thing would be a lot worse if it wasn't for our healthcare professionals, thank God for our healthcare professionals who are doing a miraculous and awesome job. And God has ordained uh, hospitals because it's the root word is hospitality. The Christians were the early people who were going during pandemics when other people were running for the hills. The Christian was going yeah. down there and do that. Thank God that we don't have to do that anymore. That we have actual facilities in our nation where people can, can do those, those things. But you know, if people were dying on the street, I'm sure I'd be out there with a mask on. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and so my thing is the hospitals and the healthcare professionals are doing an awesome job putting their lives on the line day after day and saving lives. Even though there's 170,000 some odd people who have died, I think it would have been a whole lot more if those healthcare professionals wouldn't come together. There are people who go to our church who are healthcare professionals who I'm always talking to and hearing their stories, hearing about the people that they have on ventilators. We've never seen nothing like this in, in their life before. So I'm not making these decisions just based on, oh, I'm scared. Let me, ah, you know, I'm, no, I'm consulting people. I'm listening to peer-reviewed articles, like you said. Uh, yeah, the, the scientists are saying one thing one week and changing it the next week. But that's what science does. Like, if they, if they're, if they're trying to see something that they don't know anything about, they're giving you the best information they have on July 2nd. They might get some new information by August 19th, and they're going to give you that information on August 19th. That's what science does. They disprove themselves all the time, <laughs> right? And yeah. it's not that they're lying to us, in my opinion, but they could be. Again, that's just my opinion. And so my yeah. thing is I'm making <laughs> decisions based on people who are good at it. I don't listen to those scientists for theological stuff. I don't listen to my basketball players for theological stuff, right? I look at Charles Barkley and I like a lot of what he say, but I'm like, I'm not going to go to Charles Barkley for theology or science. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. I'm just going to say, oh, okay, I like what he said about sport. I, I like his take on the NBA. I like his, I like what Ernie says. I like what Shaq has to say. He was one of the greatest to ever do it, right? You know what I'm saying? And so I'll listen to those guys about sports. They, I can't tell them nothing about sports. I've never played at a high level like them, right? Uh, And so I'm going to listen to the people who I need to listen to until God tells me something different. And I don't see anything theologically that says that any person who does either one or the other is doing it wrong. I don't. I, I don't. don't either. Yeah. And, and not only that, I don't, um, uh, I don't see, uh, right now, um, uh, the government violating, uh, God's law with, um, putting up certain restrictions right now about uh, people meeting. I, I would say that it'll be totally different if they were saying that everybody else has a right to meet, but you Christians, y'all have to close all y'all churches yeah. until we tell you they can open them again. That's something totally different, but uh, schools are not really open. You know, some people open, they close on the right back. There are certain things that are just not open right now. So it's not like they're targeting Christians and saying that we're going to make sure we're going to restrict your churches. That's not what's going on. And so a lot of it is just going back to, yeah. uh, you talked about the respect earlier, man. We just got to start respecting one another. It's, uh, cause I've heard many stories. I, I hear, uh, from a congregational point of view where 
people in the congregation are attacking leaders saying, man, we need to be meeting. What's wrong with y'all? Y'all scared. But I've also heard stories from people at other churches that say that their leadership is trying to use fear to make people want to come, come back. They're yeah. like, yeah. And it's like, either way, man, it, it, it has to stop. And, and uh, me and you talk many times uh, going back to back in March when we first started getting quarantined. I began to start praying at that moment. Lord, what, what is it that you really want me to do? And one of the things that continues to surface is God speaking about standing for the truth at any cost. Mm -hmm. And and I think that this is like when we began to start picking topics that we wanted to discuss on this podcast, this is something that needed to be talked about at that moment. Just like uh, uh, we did the, the previous one where everybody was attacking Jonathan because he decided not to wear a, a Black Lives Matter shirt and kneel at the before the basketball game. And so, man, this is a time where we have to really speak the truth on some things, even if we're going to get some pushback, uh, because I think what it does is you always have people that are not quite sure what they ought to be doing. And yeah. so just, uh, you know, I think right now we're not even really taking a, a specific position on either side. We're just discussing it and showing that you ought to be respectful and loving, especially to your brothers and sisters in Christ, right? It, how can you not be, how can you be respectful to people in the world, but you can't be respectful to your brothers and sisters in Christ yeah. and even take their feelings and, 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 and everything they got going on in their lives into consideration before you make any decision, before you criticize them, before you try to do any type of, uh, uh, fear, uh, uh, threatening language to try to get them to submit to what you want done. Uh, we have to start right now. And, and if you don't hear anything else I say tonight, uh, we have to start right now with walking like Jesus Amen. walked. Amen. It's, it's, this is the time. If we can't walk like Jesus walked right now during a pandemic, when are we going to be able to do it? Yeah. Yeah, if you can't do it right now, <laughs> <laughs> you got to start doing it, man. I'm, I'm gonna ask y'all what y'all waiting for. We don't have murder hornets. We don't have a yeah. pandemic. We don't have a fire tornado. We don't have two hurricanes at the same time. What you waiting on? <laughs> what you waiting on? For real. Yeah, and, and and here's another thing that that that, that I want to add to that, Jay. Stop using unverified claims to tear somebody else down to mm -hmm. because we'll walk and we'll do another episode about this. Cause we, uh, we ain't got it on our list, but that twisted speech, mm -hmm. sometimes we'll twist speech just to win an argument. We'll twist speech just to win an argument. And so we're in a time right now where I hear, I hear it. You hear this and then you hear that. Then you hear this and then you hear that. And I've, I've had some dialogues with certain people say, well, they say this and then they say that. But then I go back to the source. They never said that. They just said this. But the way it was edited made it yeah. seem like they were saying this and that. Was making it seem like they were saying, you can't do this and now you can do that. That's not what they were saying. If you look at the context, like we always talk mm -hmm. about when we're reading the word, context. Because even truth out of context ain't right. <laughs> 
Yes, sir. <laughs> and so stop using arguments that you heard somebody say, they say this against your brothers and sisters. Stop. Go and verify for yourself. <laughs> Ask questions. And I'm going to get off my high horse on that one. <laughs> hey, so let me, let's, let's tap into that whole principle of our speech, right? Okay. Um, you talk about twistedness and uh, Dr. Daniel Napier, he uses the language of distortion, right? So there are four components of the heart that he says that we ought to move beyond uh, if we want to grow in uh, maturity or Christ likeness. And so one of them, uh, and we've been talking about the, the number one thing we talked about being puffed up. So pride is the starting point for everything. But twistedness, twistedness in our speech or having a distortion of our speech where it causes us to lie and even, you know, all kind of different things to tear another person down, slander, um, bearing false witness. But even uh, I just love Matthew chapter five. There's so much uh, wisdom yep. in it. But when you get to verse 33 and following, it says, you have also heard that our ancestors were told, and this is the New Living Translation, you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows uh, you make to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say by heaven, right? Because heaven is God's throne. And do not say by the earth, because the earth is his footstool. Mm. And do not say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say by my head, for you can't turn one hair white or black. Just simply say, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything else is from the evil one. And people don't understand. Um, I was talking with somebody recently about how um, Jesus deals uh, I don't, I wouldn't say just a whole lot, but he deals with that whole idea of our speech, mm -hmm. whether it's, um, the, you know, I, I was talking to somebody and they were saying, well, man, what's so bad about cussing? What's so bad about this? And what's so bad about that? Um, and I told them, um, anything that you can, you, anything that you can say, you can also put a different word in there where you don't have to cuss the person out. You don't have to uh do those types of things and so we're right. constantly were uh, uh we're constantly being warned about how we use speech language and all of these different things you talked about earlier about uh how love builds up right it builds a person up uh twistedness in our speech and having that type of distortion man it's gonna do nothing but tear another person down and so we get those types of warnings uh, in scripture that help us to, uh, they're kind of like guardrails, right? It helps me to stay in my lane and not venture off somewhere uh, where the world operates, right? If right. I want to continue to stay on the path that God has me on, I need to have some certain guardrails in place. And man, it's very important that you have to begin to start thinking about uh, lying, bearing false witness, uh, swearing, right? We're talking about the vows, but that's what we do uh, today is I put that on everything. I put that on my kids. Yep. I put that on everything I love. I mean, I swear to God, man. And we, 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 we use his name in vain to try to persuade people to take us more seriously when things can simply be yes or no. Uh, and 
and it, 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 it protects us not only from getting ourselves in bondage to the vow we made before God, yeah. uh, and same thing with marriage. I, I, uh, I don't want to go shift to a different topic, but a lot of people don't understand. You made, Let's you go. made a, you made a vow before God to yes. death. Do you part sickness and health and all those different things. And when it gets tough, we don't want it no more. Oh, we don't want that no more. We, we don't want that no more. And what you're saying right now is very critical because in philosophy, we were talking about philosophy earlier. There's yeah. a notion called speech act theory, right? When you yeah. speak things that have an action associated with it. And so if we're not careful, like, like, uh, people that I'm, people that I'm really close to and I know can hear this, they'll mm -hmm. post something online and I'll look at it and I'll see that it's, that it's not truth and it's coming from someplace else. And I'll go in their DMs. I say, Hey, you might want to take that down, research it some more, then post it again. If you find something different than I found, they'd be like, Oh, I didn't know. And the reason I do that is because you don't want to begin to uh, associate yourselves with certain speech patterns, like say falsehoods, mm -hmm. right? And so if you're talking to someone and you're saying something, even though you don't know it's a lie and it's a lie, then before you know it, you're going to be uh, put into the pathway of liars in that person's mind. And then you're blowing your witness, right? Yes, and so sir. we have to be very careful. Again, like I say, that we peer review, we talk... Uh, like it's one dude. I like him. Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily agree with everything he says, but he has a little uh, uh, a blog, and it's called Slow to Write because he's a writer instead of slow to speak. It's called Slow to Write, <laughs> and, and so it's like before I put something out there, I need to research this thing. I need to make sure that what I am saying uh, is in alignment with not only with truth, but does it reflect my walk with Christ? I, I've had yes. posts over this over the years where man, before you post something. Man, sit on that thing for 15, 20 minutes. Pray about it. Look at it. D can it be said any different? If you want to go blast somebody, man, sit on that for a day. Just sit yes. there and say, man, will God get glory out of what I'm saying? Or will people be hurt? And so people talk about politicians a lot, but I think a lot of politicians, they try and speak in a way as not to alienate people. And sometimes it ends up coming across as lies too. But I think yeah. a lot of good politicians, they try to speak in a way that they're not trying to let themselves be put in the corner because words are important. <laughs> words yes, have meaning for a reason. And once the words come out, especially with politicians and people like that, mm -hmm. you can't take them back. Yes, sir. You can't take them back. And people will chop your stuff up. Even what we're talking about, all the stuff we're talking about today, somebody can take this podcast and chop it up and make it say stuff that we didn't say today. Yes, sir. So we have to be careful with what we say. Uh, not only what we say, how we say it. Some things is all about, and we 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 all played this game when we were kids. It's 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 it's, it's, it's if you're verbalizing out loud, a lot of times it's a small. I don't know the exact number. It's a small portion of it. It's the actual words that you use. And a bigger portion of it is how you say it, the emotion behind it or whatever. Like, um, what's the example they used to use? Like, like you can say, uh, the Cowboys lost today, right? Or you can go, the Cowboys lost today. And I said the same words. I just said them differently. And they both gave a different emotion, right? Yeah. And you were talking about that earlier, off camera. Man, we should start recording our off camera stuff too. But how we communicate, how we listen, yeah. do we clap back real fast? I can say the same things in a different way and get a different response. 
man, it looks like we're going to have to, I don't know when, but we're going to have to do a, a episode on, on speech, twisted speech. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man, I, I, I just, I just urge people, man, to take a step back. Like you said earlier, look at, try and look at it from a, a different vantage point, you know, mm-hmm. try to remove all the p- beams and poles out of your own eye before you go out to somebody else's spec. And, uh, the Bible is clear, man. If there, if, if, if there are those, if, if, if you think it's a matter of faith and there are those brothers whose faith is faith is weaker than yours, pray for those brothers that God would open their eyes <laughs> And let them see it your way if your way is the right way. Don't put people in hell because of it. Don't make mm-hmm. people lose their salvation. Don't talk about other people's churches. Um, pastors are good at that. All oh, that church down there, da, da, da. Man, you better be careful how you talk. Because the same judge that you use on somebody else, that same measuring stick, it'll be used against you. And so I'm really trying to learn how not to jump to conclusions when I see something. Because like you said earlier, you don't know what's behind that. You don't know what's driving that person's motivation. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, we weren't real close friends, but uh, uh, a guy that's in our community, he's a pastor in our community. His daughter used to go to our youth ministry. He passed away from COVID. And it's getting, it's getting to the point where we can't deny that people are dying from this, right? Now, the severity of it, how you think people should uh, deal with it, that's a different story. Yeah. And so in order to win arguments, don't don't talk about people and statistics. Like I said, I said this on social media at the end of each one of those digits is a person. And so just approach it with love, approach it with compassion. Uh, I understand that the economy needs to go. We don't need to go into a recession or what I, I understand all that, the the economics of it. I understand all that. I understand there are people on the other side of it who are staying at home and there are abusive people in their homes and they're committing. So I understand all of that. And that's why I'm saying I'm not passing any judgment on anybody for doing whatever they want to do. And so you shouldn't either because I don't think there's yes, a clear sir. biblical definition. You got anything to close us out, Jay? We over an hour again. Um, only thing I would say uh, just to piggyback on the the whole idea, you just said it, man, uh, not passing judgment and that there's a person on the other end of it. One of the reasons why I love uh, Ravi Zacharias's ministry, right, is, right, the, the whole thing is is treating everybody with gentleness and respect. And I, and I talked to you about this earlier, too, as well as when you see Martin Luther King, when he talks about the beloved community and when he talked about uh, the end goal of the nonviolence is reconciliation. And so um, I think whether it's uh, somebody that is a fellow believer or somebody that's just that's considered an outsider. Right. I think the, the one of the first steps is understanding that they are created in the image of God, just like you are. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but. It's about trying to gain some type of level of understanding. Uh, one of the things that, uh, whether it's, uh, I'll just say in the human services field, spend a lot of time, whether it's counseling, psychology, or whatever it is, case management, whatever, uh, 
talk a lot about active listening, right? Mm. Uh, not being there, sitting there waiting. Yeah, as soon as you get done, I'm on. I already know what I'm gonna say. I got. I'm. I'm gonna tell you apart. I'm gonna do the whoop whoop. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's it's about taking the time, really listening, and being able to communicate back. Is this what you were trying to communicate? Before you can even move forward, you have to bridge that gap of of communication and understanding. And I think is I think it's vital that we begin to look at people from a different point of view. You're you you first and foremost, you're created in the image of God. And so mm. I need to treat you accordingly. Amen. But how can I get some kind of understanding on your perspective, right? Uh, especially if 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 you're dealing with somebody that likes to research like you do, right? If you're dealing with somebody that likes to research, man, send me some of them articles you've been reading for your perspective. I'm gonna send you some of the stuff that I've been been looking at. Let's look at this stuff, and if we still don't agree, it's okay. But we took the time to hear one another's perspective, and we could say, man, I still think that we ought to be meeting. And this other person may say, man, I think, man, we ought to just still not meet. But, man, I sure appreciate them articles that you sent me, man, because that yep. was some stuff that I hadn't read before. Whatever, you know what I mean? But begin to, to operate in your love walk, man. Yeah, that's good stuff, bro. And like I said, um, I think the close out to this is, is, is James, right? Being mm -hmm. uh, quick to listen. Slow to speak, mm. slow to anger. I guess what the word tells us to do. So quick to listen, like make it a point, like you said, actively listening. Let me let me hear what's what's what you know. The Bible's full of that, right? You know, the Bible tells us, "All I get and get understanding." Let me sit here and get understanding. Yes, let me understand this person's perspective. Let me see understand where this person is coming from. And again, like you say, if you ask us, our facility just doesn't. It's just if we had a bigger facility with less AC vents and the outdoor venue and some other stuff where we can do some different things, I wouldn't have a problem with it. it again, it's not about fear, but I just think that our, our, our spot right now, it wouldn't be good for us. It wouldn't be good for us. And if anybody wants to, if anybody wants to go and take a tour of it, and let me show you the videos. I will show yeah. you all the videos uh, from <laughs> early on. But um, that's the thing, bro. And so. I'm respecting John MacArthur and all those people who are fighting the government and, and say, like, that's what you feel led to do. I don't see it that way, but if that's what you feel. Like, and I respect John MacArthur as a, as, you know, this is one, this is one area. Well, I, there's multiple areas, but this is one of those areas where we, we kind of, but he's still in the kingdom of God, though. I'm not going to yes, vilify him and I'm not going to demonize yeah. his entire ministry based, based upon of that. Yeah. what he decided to do. Just like people can vilify Martin Luther King off of all the stuff that he did that we don't agree with, right? But yeah. you can't deny what he... Yeah, you can't throw that whole man's ministry away. Or Martin Luther or anybody. Like, yeah. everybody's done something, you're like, I don't know about that. But, yep. you know, God didn't create us all as robots. Yes, sir. So, Peter and... Uh, not Peter, uh, Paul and Barnabas. Mm-hmm. They, they disagreed over kinfolk. Hey, that's your kinfolk. <laughs> that's your kinfolk. <laughs> well, we just got to Yes, sir. You go your way, I go my way. <laughs> yes, sir. But Paul, Paul be for a couple of people. Paul be for Peter too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hadn't finished. I, I'm, I'm almost done. I just, I, I have put some other things were a priority, but I'm almost done with that sermon because even in situations, even when you show, uh, I think you can still be respectful. Uh, when you rebuke people as well, I think yeah. 
there comes a time when you are uh, leading some people the wrong way where you have to step in and show people that, hey, th th that's not the right way to go. And so, yep. yeah, that's a sermon that's coming real soon. Yep. Uh, with, I, I don't remember what I titled it, but it has something to do with our obligation to the truth. And that is, uh, that's kind of what we're doing right now. We're telling people that you have to love Right. And be respectful of your brother and sister, whether you agree with them or not. You right. know what I mean? That's love. That's and love, that's the, bro. the guiding principle in the scriptures. Yep. And I say it all the time. The person I love most on the planet who's in the other room right now sleeping. We don't agree <laughs> on everything. Yeah. But I sure gonna love her. <laughs> Straight up. Straight I'm up. sure gonna love her. We sit there and look at each other. You know you're wrong. You know you're wrong. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> I ain't sleeping on the sofa. You ain't sleeping on the sofa. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we, we, we got to learn to get along and stop pushing away from the table when we disagree. You got any closing thoughts, bro, before we had a minute 12 on this one? Uh, no, nah, I, I think I think we summed everything up. Love your brother. Remember that they uh, your brother and sister, that they're created in the image of God and even outsiders that that you don't agree with. Seek that understanding. Uh, at least showing that you give them that amount of respect. Yes. And I'm just going to close with don't be so judgmental that you become hypocritical and you can't see that you're being hypocritical. Ooh -wee. Because there's a lot of people on one side of the argument that if they really looked at it, you're really on the side of the argument that you argued against. <laughs> Uh, I saw this video just recently on uh, the internet. I'm going to send it to you. It was a woke person and a, a, and a racist. And they, they were best friends because they really agreed with each other, but they didn't know they were agreeing with each other. It was hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. And so, yeah, don't don't let that beam yeah. uh, get you get you lost. And so lead with love. We, get, we need a lot of that in this nation right now. This is a dark, dark season in our nation. And not because of kind of the things that are going on is dark because there's a lack of love and lack of compassion. Yes, uh, sir. And especially in the church and we're missing it. We're missing it in the church. And so, yeah, this has been another episode of what in the word. Listen, check this out. We want y'all to hit us up. I think me and Jay, we're going to go back to the vault. We're going to get y'all some, 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 something that we going to just, we're going to come out punching with the next episode. So y'all be, <laughs> Y'all be yeah. looking out for it. Uh, but yeah. And so until next time, man, uh, we love y'all. Like, comment, subscribe, do all those different things. I don't and know what tell me Jake. what the Bible says. Tell him what the Bible says. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>